Welcome to episode 67 of Not Politically Correct. What is going down? It's the homie TS, a.k.a. C-Nova. You know I gotcha. A.k.a. Mexican Raiden, a.k.a. Hank Hoop, a.k.a. E.T.E., a.k.a. I forgot the rest of them, but you can find me on Twitter at C-Nova KPZ. Oh, yeah, Wonton Don and Quentin Quarantino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mexican yeah, yeah, yeah. Raiden. Oh, I said mm-hmm. that one. That one. That's my nickname on my laptop now. <laughs> Which one? The blue laptop or the red one? The, the blue one. Amy <laughs> logged on. She was like, "Who is Mexican Raiden?" I was like, "Well, NPC." She said, "Stop." <laughs> Who's Mexican Raiden? You know I got you. <laughs> you know he got you. You know what time I got you. <laughs> you know he low tech. It's your boy, Rue McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. What It Do, a.k.a. Young Splash God, a.k.a. No Cap Charlie, a.k.a. Smooth Job Johnny, a.k.a. Doped Up Danny, a.k.a. Hallway Jones, because you bitch Rainton. and shit. And you can find me, <laughs> you can find me at, uh, you can find me on Snapchat at Rue McCoy Rebel, and then you can find me never on Instagram at all. In fact, I actually deleted the app. So you won't find me there, but you will find me on Twitter often at Real McCoy KPZ. Cody, you might find his phone on Jamster if you dial three <laughs> right now. Whoa. It's nine, 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 nine. It's time. Right. <laughs> I forgot about those commercials. It's Cody. He's recording everything. Damn. Sad banjo. Oh, Cody, if you want to know something, I actually have your name um, in one of my raps that I recently wrote um, that will one day get recorded. But it's funny because I said... Um, Cody's return? No, I said something like going oh. ghost like Cody, no codeine or some shit like that. But it was dope. I shouted you out. That's probably the best line in there. Nah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that was, that was filler as fuck, but I feel like... Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, Russ, the barman, a.k.a. Teddy Russ, a.k.a. Smooth Fingers, a.k.a. School Wars Q, a.k.a. Damn, what I'm a kid universal. Progenitor. A.k.a. <laughs> the progenitor. Progenitor. A.k.a. Rust of Us. <laughs> he is out here pro for you custodians. Uh-huh. In the streets. <laughs> it's genitor, you non-speaking mother. All right. Um... <laughs> you have swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, uh, the Chattiest of Snaps. Teddy Snap Teddy. I should, I should change my name to Chattiest Snap Chattiest. That's funny. Um, <laughs> KC underscore R-A-Y-D-E-T. That's X-rated. And on IG at Candy Cupidity C-A-N-D-I-D underscore C-U-P-I-D-I-T-Y. I-D-I-T-Y. Where's your enthusiasm? I-D-I-T-Y. 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 Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh. Oh. Just so you guys know, I know um, sometimes we are we are in and out of the conversations that are going on in the world, but you guys need to know that you can always find us on Facebook um, at Not Politically Correct Podcast. Um, you can like our page at uh, NPC Podcast, um, and you can find us on Twitter at uh, Not PC Podcast. And you can also listen to us at many, 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 many different outlets from uh, Spreaker to uh, Google Play to SoundCloud to the i <clears throat> to the um, podcast app on your wonderful smartphones, 
all of that good jazz. Just where you're listening to us, you're gonna listen to us, yeah. right? And, and just make sure you search a not politically correct podcast. So, Spitty Spitty Sports. Okay. Um. Well, there was a little plan going on for getting the NBA season back rolling. Um, they oh. did predict. Um, let's see, mid July for uh, the season to resume and Russ shared with me, thank you Russ, that July 31st is going to be the first day that they're going to try to resume the rest of the season. Um, so they got teams coming back to facilities um, in early June. Um, early September, Labor Day-ish, the season will end. Uh, Mid-September will be the 2020 NBA draft. Late September, 2020 free agency. And then Christmas will be the following season to begin because before COVID, they kind of tried to think about starting the season later instead of around like September-ish. Yeah. October, they were going to do it like around Christmas time. So it kind of plays out well. Yeah. Silver lining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so when it ends in September, that's going to be like the playoffs and shit. So are we just going to end it on whoever has the best record? Are they going to do like an actual playoffs and... Well, I think they're just going to be continuing off where they left off. Right, right, right. But I'm saying, like, when they close everything down, we still had, like, a two months of the regular season left, right? And then... Yeah, that's why we're finishing up. So So then... Um, end happened? of July, we'll have two months, and that'll end in September. Right, and then, so September, what comes... Are we going to do playoffs, or are they just... That's what I'm saying, like, what's going to happen for the playoffs just finals? Cause that, cause wait till September. I don't know, man. Maybe they don't even know. <laughs> God damn it. So basically, I wonder is how positive about for COVID. That, though, because <laughs> there, were, um, there were athletes that were injured and not playing. There are athletes that are going to be fully recovered by the time September happens. An and I wonder how that's going to uh, affect the upcoming season. Like, if people are going to be like, well, that shit ain't fair because uh, this person and that person was injured, but now they get to play. So that just shifted the whole season. Or whoever's healthy now, what if they get injured later on or something over the summer? It's like, well, what the fuck? We That's were fine. If we just continued on. But, yeah, I wonder how people are going to feel about that. So. I don't think that really matters because it would be good if injured players can play now and if they weren't listed as an eligible kind of thing. But um, if players are getting injured themselves – by not working and doing foolish things in the off season or this COVID off season, that's their own fault. They shouldn't be doing stupid stuff. That was like when was it three years ago, I think, when the Brewers Hatch, I think it was, and he was playing basketball in Arizona and he got injured doing that. I'm like, dude, stick to baseball so you don't get injured. Now you can't play the spring training and ah. <laughs> 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 hey, speaking of Brewers. <laughs> Ryan Braun puts his Milwaukee condo on the market for $1.15 million. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that just means he's trying to find another place to live. It doesn't mean he's like trying to get out the city, right? Like He's still... You know, speculate if you will. Tom Brady sold his house and moved to Florida, and then next thing you know, he's a Tampa Bay quarterback. That's true. That's true. Speaking of speaking of that, do we have any updates on where the season's going to take place? Because they're doing it in, I heard this will be doing it in Disney, right? Disneyland or Disney World? Are you talking, going back to the NBA? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Disney, uh, is it World, I think, in 
Florida. Florida, yeah. yeah. Disney World. world is in Florida. Yeah. yeah. The world is in Florida. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, the land is in California. Florida man. The land is. Yeah, but uh, and then with this is no football again. Um, with two years left on JJ Watt's contract, with no guaranteed money left, JJ Watt was asked if he wants an extension this offseason. And he, Mr. Perfect himself, said that he will not ask for one and doesn't think it's necessary. He said he wants to go prove himself for what it's worth. I think that's amazing, too. Uh, I mean, hey, man, he's got enough money, and he wants to prove himself instead of just taking money when he could be getting older, injured, and not earning, you know, I mean, money that's... It's, that's admirable, but uh, pay me, bitch. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'd want to get paid right now, but, I mean, he, he's well off. Yeah. I really don't think that he needs more money as it is as a human being, do you? Did it Watts see some from you talking about the dude from in the NFL from the Texans, right? Yeah. How much I mean, how much does he make? I mean, I'm I'm you know me, you know me. I'm of the avid belief that uh uh that uh, that a person over three million three or was it thirty million dollars doesn't need more money? He, he doesn't. <laughs> they don't. So I, I feel like he's good then. Yeah, so he might be he might be good. I just <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I know. So going forward, mm-hmm. um, uh, for Charles, uh, the Premier League to return on June seventeenth after a hundred day break. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's um, that's uh, soccer, right? Yes. What? Okay, I think we might have discussed this once or twice before. What's going on with that team that was like? Remember there was a team that like got caught like cheating or something, and they said they couldn't like basically go to the playoffs for the next two years. Are they reneging um, on that at all, or like because of everything that happened with COVID and like are do they, are they yeah, still in place? They're renegroing because they can't say negging. <laughs> they're renegroing. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. All right, I appreciate right, it. I had to. I had to. Cody left the chat. <laughs> it was funny. Can't it. No. <laughs> so, so no, we don't know. Okay, cool. I feel it. Well, I don't know what sport you're talking about. Soccer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in that case, ask Charles. <laughs> Let's phone a friend. <laughs> Man, um. What else is going on in uh, sports, Cody? Any other good news? Um, Yeah, this might be vague because I didn't look too much into it, but Naomi Osaka is officially the highest paid female athlete ever at 22. Uh, She makes history tapping her icon, Serena Williams, as the highest paid female athlete ever. Um, She's got $37 million in earnings the past year. Hmm. She she won over um, Serena's right. Uh, um, That's what yeah. That was the lady who won last yeah. year, right? And they were. Hmm. Yeah. You know what? How okay? I didn't even know until you just said that right now that Serena Williams was the highest paid uh, sports female sports athlete. Who uh, else would you have thought? I don't I don't know, man. You, it makes Jay Cutler. Because <laughs> he's a girl. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um... <laughs> I would have thought it would have been maybe somebody like uh, Lisa Leslie. That just would have been my first like instinct. She's that she a might... comedian. Um, like 
Yeah, I mean, the WBA is not as well-funded as, as people I'm think. Leslie, um, Leslie Jones. Who's Lisa Leslie? This is Leslie with the WNBA. Who she play for? Um, the, the uh, LA Sparks, Sparks, I think. Yeah, Sparks. But then I asked the sports guys. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the WNBA is not well-funded at all, especially as far as, like, how, what they play their, uh, pay their players. Um, of course, they, they make a decent and I put quotations around decent living. Uh, but in comparison to other sports, um, they're grossly underfunded if we're going um, that standard. Um, yeah, I remember think, like a few months ago when I talked about uh, they were raising the WNBA's salary for players, but it like still was really, really crappy. And um, they were like, they pay them so badly that they like owe them like, apartments <laughs> and stuff like that to live in and stuff. They're, they don't even make, I think, 500000 a year. Wait, seriously? Yeah, it was like 300-something or 400-something. I mean, and like I'm, it was it was ridiculous. I mean, I get it because, like, the WNBA is like, I mean, let's be honest. I don't want to watch that shit ever. But I, so. Let's, let's be honest. Let's, <laughs> Lisa, let's be honest. Um, no, so, I just don't, that was crazy. I just didn't think that Serena, which it makes no sense because she probably should have been. Or, well, clearly she was. So, like, I'm just kind of, like, having a revelation, like, to myself as we're having this pod that, like, damn, Serena Williams really, you know, is or was the highest paid female sports athlete, which makes so much sense. So, Right. Well, basketball is only, like, the most popular uh, under, I guess, football for, or American football is for America. Um, I, I know baseball is really up, up there for us, but in the other portions of the world is it's um soccer, um, soccer tennis yeah. and maybe golf to a to a lesser extent um there's not many um well-paid female athletes in a lot of sports um save those two um worldwide international sports mm-hmm. that makes sense that makes sense yeah. speaker, speaker. music oh Speaking of sports and motherfuckers that are athletes, Chris so Brown be busting backflips all the time. You know what else he be doing? Singing. You know what? Who else? Oh. Young Thug. Like Brianna. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's busting the beating. Oh, <laughs> different type of break he's a dance. Boxer now. Uh, he's a boxer <laughs> Ah, smoke. No. Okay. So seriously, music. Um, Chris Brown and uh, Young Thug, two of my personal favorites. They dropped a mixed... They, it's basically Fart. a project. It's a mixtape. They called it a mixtape, but it's really an album. They dropped Slime and B. Um, oh. Slime. I said that in the group chat. I thought that was two people's names. I'm like, oh, I can't participate. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these guys? No, it made, like we made it up. <laughs> um, they dropped it. Uh, Single Day Mile. and Slammy G. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, Slime is kind of a... Um, um, a slang term they use actually really nori from new york uh started it was mostly a new york thing i was like well, like a lot of motherfuckers first heard niggas saying slime but it's been associated with people who are quote unquote buds and if you know anything about young thug he was a blood growing up in atlanta and chris brown gets extorted by the bloods because we know damn well he ain't never been in the game but uh <clears throat> so they got <laughs> slime and b single day mile and it was released uh 
under Chris Brown's uh, record label through exclusive rights with uh, RCA, which is his uh, parent company. It is a 12-track um, project of basically basically R&B with a tinge, you know, it's R&B with a tinge of hip-hop. The kind of thing that a lot of uh, R&B singers do nowadays um, where they kind of like rap and sing. Um, kind of in the same vein of most rappers kind of like uh, singing and rapping at the same time. But this one was, um, it kind of came out of nowhere um, due to uh, Chris Brown and everything being in the in the house and, and Young Thug, of course, due to the COVID-19. They really just wanted to, they had been playing around with some stuff and um, they wanted to kind of, you know, put this stuff together and uh, get a few tracks out and give the people a, a project. So we're late to the table with this um, with this particular, talking about this particular album, partially because uh, we skipped a few episodes um, during quarantine and partially because we had the um, King of New York conversation a couple weeks ago. So this project, Simon B, is, I mean, there are a lot, like, honestly, there are really no... It's not, it's not too long. It's 12 tracks. And because of that, there isn't a lot of filler on this album. There are like one or two songs where I'm like, I don't know if I like it. But the rest of them are actually all solid. The production on this one is, um, is really well put together. It's, it's nice to ride to. I mean, it's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a nice vibe to it if you want to just, you know, ride around, you know, have some music to just kind of like play in the cars, you're on the freeway or things of that nature. But it also... Um, if you want to like turn up or you want to get really hype, they got that shit on there where they vote where you get Chris Brown in his bag with some of his best like sing rap, and then you get you know Thug in his bag with some of his you know most melodic um you know Thug doing his good rap shit, but it's very melodic. So the album actually they were talking about how they were putting it together, and Chris Brown ended up sending Young Thug the stems for most of these um songs and young thug ended up doing all of his portion of the album in one day so all his verses all of the hooks that and shit that he contributed he did that within uh 24 hours so it's it's really one thing i'm fascinated with about this album outside of the fact that it's um really good musically is just the process that it came together it was real all natural it reminded me of being in the studio you know back when you know i was really heavily recording and just how natural stuff can you come together and how great it can be, you know, when just like, oh, this is a joke and or this is a uh, something that we were laughing about. All of a sudden, it's a chorus or on a song or something like that. And that's kind of I didn't even know Chris Brown and Young Thug like the skirt song. Yeah, exactly. Like the skirts, like it's shit'll <laughs> shit'll be funny, and all of a sudden you're like, damn, this would be kind of tight if we just recorded this or you know put this together. And I didn't even know that Chris Brown and Young Thug obviously we don't know celebrities like that, um, but I didn't know that they had that type of chemistry where. It's like, that was funny. You know what? We might as well go ahead and do a whole tape. Um, and so, with the album, I'm just pulling I think it up. that right. speaks to Chris Brown's uh, genius because that Chris Brown is just a dope ass artist. Yeah, I feel like for sure. at this point, you can put Chris Brown in the arena with anybody and he's going to make that track sound dope as fuck. For sure. I, I 100% he's agree. I'm not going to say the same thing about Young Thug. You know, you sound like a hater, but I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I don't. I'm, he rushed, I'm sorry, but I he rushed in this. 
I don't think the Young Thug is, is able to mix and mingle with any and every artist yeah. and make something pop. I mean, uh, damn, wasn't he on a um, a pop song with Camila. Ariana Grande or... Um... Camila, 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 I think, from... Um... Yeah. It became a number one single, but... Um... Yeah, that became a number one single, but I mean, I don't think Thug added to the track. No, I agree. I agree. I don't think he did... I don't think he did something that was profound on that track. And no, I, I totally I totally understand what you're saying when you're talking about Thug. I think Thug is... I think he's one of my favorite artists, but I think... I don't think he's as diverse as, as uh, Chris Brown. You know, Chris Brown can definitely... Chris Brown has a whole mixtape out with uh, Joyner Lucas. Like, rapping. So, I mean, like, there's that. Like, he's keeping up with Joyner. So, with this project, because I, I listened to it a couple times, and... I try to go in there as unbiased as possible because I do I do like Thug every now and then. Yeah. But I feel like this was Chris Brown's album featuring Thug. Like I feel like Chris Brown made the album and Thug participated. Chris came with the I feel like Chris came with the melodies. He came I don't know who constructed the so, track and who so wrote Chris all the Chris Brown is to Jay Z as J Electronica is oh wait as young tug is to j electronica wait what uh, in the j oh, electronica album it's, first of all no yes. we're not gonna do that either yes. no that yes. no no yes. no because what you're saying is that passing the torch to t no because you just basically <laughs> said that yeah you know what i agree if we're gonna talk about that because that would make j electronica and young thug the same and j electronica definitely fucking oh. snapped on his album featuring jay-z so yes okay this has been a great music segment thank you let's wrap this up Yes, I mean, Young Thug. Young Thug rushed this whole album in one day, so it's probably not good quality, you know. First of all, didn't I didn't say nothing about. And... See, this is how rumors start. <laughs> I didn't say nothing about rush. I didn't say nothing about no rush. I said he did he it said in one day. one day. But yeah, if you, if we're in quarantine and your and your job is to be a musician and you have nothing else to do, I can't say he rushed it. If you in the studio and you sitting there, you're like, okay, I like this song. Take, boom, take I'm gonna add a for thought. If you're if you're a musician, you get paid to make music. That's it. So quarantine or not, you don't really have any other responsibilities that big. He doesn't have forty days or forty hours a week to go into a job or stuff like that. You know, he's got more time enough time. I think it is. He can't. That's not true because necessarily true. He can have other things on the side. Um, A lot of rappers right now and musicians do have like um, clothing lines they're working on. They have other products they're working on. That's true. But what is the the whole brand that they do? We honestly don't know. We honestly don't know. So we can't make that, yeah, that, and, that, uh, that judgment or discernment without well, actually being in his life and knowing. And here's the, his biggest fan. Here's, know wait, here's the thing, good. though. Here's the thing. Let's just 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 talk touring and doing shows and doing, doing hostings and things that will cause you to leave the house. He can't do that right now. He cannot do that right now because everything is shut down. So what else would you have to do? Outside of being, if if somebody like Chris Brown hits you up, like, bro, let's go ahead and finish these few tracks and do a whole tape. If you don't have the obligations outside of your home, you have a studio in your house, why wouldn't you be able to do that? If if you're creatively talented, why wouldn't you be able to? I think people, t- people tend to think that because something happens quick, that it was rushed. But you got to understand, the blueprint was made in, a, uh, the blueprint was recorded within like two weeks. By the king of New York. But <laughs> either way, 
<laughs> the blueprint was recorded in two weeks. Uh, the reason Tupac, the seven, the seven day theory album is called the seven day theory because he did it in seven days. And that's one of his greatest albums. Like, we got to stop assuming that because it, it happened quick that it was rushed. It was just, sometimes you get in a creative zone. Plus, no, I was just trying to fuel the, rough, yeah. it's like, hey, but TSB came very quiet and I'm really disappointed. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was letting you get your shit off, dog. You were making good points. He didn't yeah. make no good points. You could have you told me I was making good points when everyone was saying Cody around, but that's <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's, let's break up, just break it a little bit down, um, break the project a little bit down closer. Um, there are songs on here that doesn't even have Chris Brown on here, like Big Slimes, which is one of my favorite. Um, there are also songs that don't have Thug on there, like Undrunk, which has a featuring E-40 and Too Short. That is one of the dopest songs on this, um, tape. And I really wanted to hear Young Thug rap on that beat. I really wanted to hear Young Thug get his shit off on that song, and they didn't, so I was mad about that. But might have originally, and then E-40 and everybody else was like, yeah, nah, bro, we think the one. Too Next short? Track. Too short? Too short, goddamn album. I honestly just thought that, see, that, uh, that song was just okay. I mean, it was typical Too Short and E-40 yeah. classic yeah. beat. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a club type of, well, not necessarily, yeah. necessarily club, but... It's a hip hop like yeah, West like Coast type. Yeah, West yeah. Coast, uh, yeah. Bay Area type of uh, party track. That's why I don't see. Yeah. I'm... No, you go finish. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not a a, a young thug fan in, in the least bit. Um, it's just not something I listen to. But I actually like this this whole album. Um, like you said, I think one of my favorite songs up here was Big Slimes. Um, I really love the uh, the chord progression and the, uh, the actual music under, under that. Um, like I was almost gonna just download an instrumental just to see what I could mess around with. Um, um, nice. There's there's a lot of songs up here that are really 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 nice. I, City Girls is actually better than I thought it would be from yeah. the, <laughs> the title. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a lot of songs up here that you gotta really be like, oh okay, what is that? Let me go back and I can see myself listening to this like. Like you said, on a drive and just going through. Uh, it's a really nice, nice city, you all things considered. Yeah, for sure. I spent most of most of this month, um, which after I said it came out on single day on single day, my I really didn't realize like it's only been out twenty five days. But like, I spent a lot of time. The, the last I've spent like the last three weeks, pretty much focused on this CD, um, and not not even on some like force type shit like. Just I really enjoy all the songs. Like I don't I get in I put the C D on and I don't skip songs. Like I don't hit skip. It just and it's short enough. It's forty three minutes. It's short enough where you can take it in a couple times, you know. Um I think I'm starting to think like forty five minutes is a solid uh album length in terms of minutes. Um but uh I think my favorite joints my favorite joints on here are Go Crazy, um, track the trap bag jumping, um Animal is my favorite song, period, on this. I, I don't know what it is about that about that song, but I just I like the chorus. I like the way it seems like it has, like, this street hip-hop feel, but it also has, like, this stadium, like, anthem type of feel. Like, did anybody else get that from the song Animal? Like, it just, it felt like, it felt like a, like Queen. Like, it felt like if they did, like, hip-hop, what it could sound like a little bit. Um, currently, like, like if Freddie Mercury and Queen was like gonna record like a current day hip hop song, 
I get that vibe from Animal somehow. Like, I'm not gonna do this anymore. It just it seems so grand, like so big. Like it was it was really one of my favorite things to listen to. Like I like that's a that's like for me that's become like my sunny day. Okay, I gotta go to the east side or whatever. I gotta like go run an errand and I get on the freeway and I just turn it on and like roll my windows down. And I'm just like. Like I'm just I'm so happy for that good three minutes. Like so that's one of my favorites on there, man. And production on here is super, super solid. Super solid. And I think also yeah, too production is dope as fuck. Yeah. That's, that's mm -hmm. my favorite part about the album. I don't know if I have any favorite songs that I want to go back to, but listening to this album was sonically pleasing from front to back. Yeah, man. That yes. And I think that's what makes me happy is because because of the, the, the production, Thug, and, and I think they both are good at this. I think we, you know, it's, it's, you can say Chris Brown's the better overall artist, and I'll agree on that. But I think one thing about Thug and Chris Brown is you give them the right beat, and they are, some, they are artists where they know what their, what their voice sounds good on, you know? I think that's kind of like Thug's niche, too, in that he's... Uh, you know, always been like a melodic like type of like singer type of rapper, and so he knows what to do with his voice on certain beats. And I think they, they being two completely separate artists, have the perfect song setup because they both can get on these beats and do their best. You know what I'm saying? Like they both get on these beats and both um, kind of really push out the best lyrics or the best choruses or the best vibes. You know, so that's that's why I'm really 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 happy about the production that they used on this on this record because it really highlights both of them really well so um yeah i i, I love it i think it was a, a really solid joint cody what do what do you overall what would you rate the album overall if you had it well i did just say that i did not listen to it because i thought they were people and i really wasn't on the group chat <laughs> oh got it that's right all right all right um well, a four a four <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, Russ, what do you? What would you give it, Russ? Um, uh, I'd probably give it a solid. We're going out of ten out of five. Out of ten, ten out of me, out of ten megaphones. What would you give it? Those are your megaphones. Uh, How many Bibles would you give it? <laughs> I would, How many bus stops? I I give different Bibles because it's not really Christian music. But, uh, <laughs> I give it three Korans. <laughs> How many janitors? Um, <laughs> <laughs> How many moms? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would give it. Uh, I give it a solid eight, man. Okay, all right. Um, TS, what about you, man? Man. Ah, uh, seven, six or seven. Six or seven. It was sonically pleasing, but there was there weren't any tracks to really captivate me and to make me want to go back and listen to. You know, mm -hmm. like. Thinking about that, um, I'm sorry. It's okay. Seven wontons. <laughs> seven wontons. <laughs> Just barely seven wontons. Like listening to uh, Slime B was like listening to Kamikaze. Dope CD, but not really one that I'm gonna often go back to. Okay, I give um, it. You got I... something you can run to. <laughs> Can I run to? Actually, probably could because most of it's mumbles and nobody would understand what's going on anyway. So you'd be tripping. Wow. Got it. I am um, tripping over the sidewalk. <laughs> for me, for me, at first, at first, I was gonna say a solid seven point five, but I actually think this is a solid eight. Um, 
because oh. I think the album at first when you get Chris Brown and you get Young Thug, you're like, ah, it's gonna be whatever. You know, I kind of went into it with those type of ears. I went into it kind of like, I like them both, but man. And then I found myself naturally coming back to it. I found myself naturally trying to return. Like, not like, it's just, it's just the first thing I, you know, I wake up and this morning I was thinking about Animal. You know, like, I'm like, I want to hear that before I, you know, I got to throw that on in my headphone before, you know, I get on the pod. Like, I just instinctively want to come back to it though so it's one of it's one of my favorite projects so far um uh it's it's up there it's it's up there with some of the, the favorite uh joints i've had this year so i would give it a solid eight very solid eight so oh. yeah so um fans listening to us uh what do y'all i want to know what y'all think and where y'all think this um you know cd stands for you do you think it was a necessary one do you think thug and chris brown mesh well you know let us know. That's what we want to know about. Also, hey, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead no. oh, I was actually going to transition to something else, but so you go ahead. All right. I was wondering, since uh, we're about halfway through the year now, if you could, for next Saturday, compile your um, your ratings mm-hmm. and see where stuff stands. Like, as of half the year. Ooh. As of half the year, like, all right, so far we've reviewed this, 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 and this, and this is how they stand in McCoy's rankings, and this is the CD that we're going on now. Just so we get kind of a history of yeah. 2020, yeah. For sure. basically. For sure, for sure. The Corona Files. Yeah, I got you. I was, uh, <laughs> um, it's funny. 2020 vision with the Corona Files. It's, it's funny because I was just, um, as I was giving you guys my rating for... Your Simon B. In the back of my head, I'm like, damn. So you know, this does stand up. It stands up near, you know, where Tory Lane's uh, CD was, and it stands up, you know, towards, you know, where Heaven or Hell was for uh, Don Tyler. So this is, yeah, that's that's funny that you. I always kind of like naturally begun to do that in the back of my head. So it's, yeah, I can definitely uh, put that together and for, for the people for next Saturday for sure. So dope. Hell yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that, that's all I had. Okay. Um, the Until next time, the, motion, move to close. <laughs> I did want to say one more thing. There's been a lot of, um, uh, you know, and this is kind of to our listeners, there's been a lot of um, inconsistency on our part um, because of the coronavirus and things of that nature in terms of, like, when we've been dropping, all of that stuff, um, getting, used to rec- getting used to recording separately, all of that type of stuff. Um and there's been a lot of music that we have kind of uh, missed or put on the back burner or haven't really um, got a chance to really go over. So I'm thinking about for you guys out there in the world, um, for some of the stuff that we missed that I've kind of wanted to talk about but maybe didn't get a chance to or just maybe forgot, I'm going to try to be more active um, and post in our Facebook group things as they come along that I know I'm probably not going to talk about, like like little one-off songs, so you guys can get ready for that and expect that. Little like if it's a single that just came out, because uh, usually I talk about bodies of work. If it's a single that just came out or a music video where the visuals are super dope, and I know I'm probably not going to talk about it for the whole show um, because we're talking about another project. I want to just be able to like start being more active with you guys and uh, talking about it. 
um, real quick, just dropping it off and being like, yo, this is this is dope. So, with news like um, what's going down with Doja Cat and everything, would that be included in that, or would we have to wait for a pod for that kind of discussion? Um, so that's part of the reason I brought this up because <clears throat> I didn't want to take too much of our, you know, I've already done my segment, and I know Russell has some pretty important stuff he wants to get to, um, and so. Things like that, usually if it's something like that, I would like to spend a pod on it. But here's the thing. So if I'm going to, like, something like the Doja Cat thing, if, we're gonna, if I'm going to choose to talk about that, I'm going to pull that for a pod. And if there's an album or a one-off that has come out that I want to talk about, that I was going to talk about on Saturday, what, what I'm going to start doing is giving it to the people via, you know, our Facebook group or something. And just being like, boom, this is these many mics. And maybe it'll be like a quick three sentence thing. These many megaphones, um, or this just came out. I don't know if y'all missed it, but this is dope. Like I have a song called um, "Just Know," which is not a new song, but is a song that's kind of like it came out in 2018, but it's really caught fire this year because of TikTok and people using it for TikTok challenges. So. I found the song and got really, 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 really into the song and been playing it nonstop. And so I want to give people the opportunity to, you know, hear that song or talk about that song. And so on a week where it'd be like a Doja Cat discussion, I'll just come in on Tuesday and be like, oh, by the way, boom, this single is a nine out of 10 megaphones, came out from this artist, found it here. It's dope. Don't miss it. You know, just because there's a lot of music, a lot of shit that I want to give to the people or discuss with people or put people on with, even y'all. And sometimes I forget to bring it up come Saturday because something else happened on Wednesday. I'm like, oh, shit, we got to talk about this. So, yes, I want to make sure I get more active. And me saying it on the podcast, I know for me, kind of helps to hold me uh, accountable. I Like, if I say it on the podcast, I want to do it a little bit more than if I just think it. <laughs> then just be like, yeah, I'm going to post this for y'all, so. Now, y'all can hop hey, on my Speaking ass. of music real quick. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of funny to me. So I like Jason Mraz a lot. Mm -hmm. And he's like slowly releasing songs for his new album coming out. And yesterday he just released a song on his album featuring Tiffany Haddish. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of doing like a sing rappy thing on there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing that like a few months back. I'm like, Tiffany Haddish? What is she? Is, she, is it like a skit? Is she singing? Is she, what is she? And it finally came out yesterday. <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't think I enjoy her voice as it is, let alone did <laughs> singing to me or rapping to me. God damn it, Tiffany Haddish. God damn it. Um, no, it's kind of like when, uh, what's his name? Kevin Hart did that shit with uh, Trey Songz. That... <laughs> Whatever that song chocolate is, like, I was gonna say, yeah. was it Kevin Hart or Chocolate Dropper? Chocolate the fuck, God, that guy. <laughs> chocolate the fuck. That, <laughs> that track was dope, by the way. I was kind of sad because uh, I remember that project. I thought Kevin Hart was gonna be on more songs and stuff because he kind of got his shit off. And uh, the Trey songs, I mean, he he didn't really spit like that, but he was entertaining enough, and he had it, it was good. So I was looking forward to more. Kevin Hart raps dropped the CD, but it wasn't like that. He was just on that one thing that I think he did a couple more skits, but for the most part, it's like a mixtape of people that he put together. He DJ Khaleded a CD. <laughs> DJ Khaleded it. Man. I didn't do nothing, but we the best. Right. <laughs> um, I, they the best. Right. The people around me tend to be good. Like, 
I don't. I don't really. Ugh. I want to hear Jason Mraz or Tiffany Haddish singing because I'm just curious now. But I feel like I don't want to hear her singing ever. Like, don't do this, Tiffany. <laughs> Damn it. I feel it. I feel it. That's the well, only thing I look into. It's called You Do You if you want to look it up. You do we'll you. We'll definitely look that up because maybe she does know how to sing. Yeah. Well, I mean, y'all, you do you. <laughs> but, but, but. Yeah, but that's all I have for music uh, as of right now. Also, they say Doja Cat's racist, so... <laughs> I don't even honestly world with everything that's going on right now in the apparently in the, they the best uh, in the um you know world right now with which I'm sure Russell is gonna get into in his segment a little bit I don't even wanna talk about no more like negative Same shit this. just just know Doja yeah. Cat got some self hate issues going on and um I will say this though about about that about that. She definitely got some type of fucking mental issues, some self-hate shit going on. And it's horrible because racist people are just the fucking worst. Like, especially for me, they are just up there with some of the worst um, people that exist in the universe. Um, I think there are, like, rapists, murderers, and racists are all kind of in that same little, same little group. So, um, Doja Cat definitely got some shit going on and... There's a there's a place in hell for her and her type. That being said, I'm not gonna stop listening to Doja Cat, and nobody's gonna force me into cancel culture. Boom. So I uh, I'm just giving that to the listeners as of you know just to kind of give y'all a heads up um, if you're paying attention to our pod and those types of things. Yeah, Doja Cat definitely got some issues, got some problems as a human being. She's bad, but she's not my friend. She's just the person that raps for me. So. She's going to do her fucking job like the slave she is. Cracks whip because guess what? She's still black. Well, let's continue that conversation on Facebook and or Twitter. Yes, sir. Time for well, Russell Brosser T. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of wanted to touch on some of that as far as like the... Uh, the Floyd situation, um, the the riots in Minnesota, the riot slash protesting slash joyride shooting in Milwaukee, um, and the whole Doja Cat thing. Because the funny thing is, she you know she came forward with an apology, um, and then a video explaining uh, her motive or whatever, and none of it really. <laughs> really adds up. I mean, it, um, it don't. It don't. <laughs> I watched it on a few different sources, and you know, um, one of the people I follow uh, on YouTube and on um, on Twitch and and on on our podcasts besides us is um, this group, um, Abin uh, Abin Preach, who I share videos in the in the in the chat with a couple times regarding things they've said um, and their perspective on things, um, which is interesting at times. And sometimes, you know, I don't agree with them. But this one, he um, he did something that that really really makes him stand out in my eyes. Where he did a video regarding what he thought was going on. You know, he always says, you know, we don't have the full information. We don't have all the information. We don't have everything, all the facts. But from what this particular thing says, I infer this. And so then she made her video, 
he came back and was like, okay, she said it's not this, so I apologize because she's saying that not, you know, I can't prove whether or not this is true or this isn't, but I can, from my own perspective, be like, okay, if that's what she says, then that's what she says, and I can back off. You know what I'm saying? Um, whether it comes out later that that's incorrect or that's not true is not on me because at this point I've taken responsibility for what I've said and I've moved on. And I think that's what a lot of people don't do. They don't take responsibility. They don't um, they don't um, um, t- take accountability for things they've said and they've done um, and they don't um, turn away from the thing that they're supposed to be apologizing for. Um, if you apologize for something and you continue doing it, then your apology is moot. There's no reason for you to apologize. You should have just kept that energy uh, focused somewhere else because you don't really mean what you're saying. And so that's kind of what I get with this whole situation as far as um, uh, George Floyd and uh, who's name George? I, I can never remember his first name, but um, Floyd, um, the Minnesota riots, the police in general. Because you've got a lot of police coming forward and be like, you know, we're not all bad or they're not all bad and da 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 And I understand that. In every group, there are people who um, do evil things and those who do good things and those who sit in the middle and watch both sides. The thing about it, uh, which is one of my favorite quotes from Boondock Saints, is that um, it's not just evil that is um, deplorable, but it's the ignorance or the... Um, the silence of good people uh, to where they don't speak out against those evil acts. They don't hold those who do evil acts accountable. So to say, you know, well, there's still good cops. Well, you know, the argument is why aren't those good cops then stopping the bad cops? Because it is a brotherhood of sorts and they choose to uh, protect their brotherhood rather than the people they're supposed to be protecting and serving. And that's what the major issue here is. Um, it's not that there are good cops and we're talking about the good cops and, and we're punishing them with the bad cops. It's that if, as the quote on Facebook goes, there are 10, good, there are 10 bad cops and there are 1,000 good cops and the 1,000 good cops don't do anything to prevent the 10, 10 bad cops from doing anything, then there are 10, 10 bad cops because yep. they're allowing this to continue to go forth. Yep, yep. I agree. 100% with that. I think that statement is, um, you know, all cops aren't bad. It's hard to, you know, speak on that when you allowing, you know, motherfuckers to do that, especially in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, I might not be able to control what a cop is doing in another city or whatever, but in my precinct, in my, you know, if he's my partner, you know, if I'm saying that and I know, you know, I didn't see Johnny put his neck on six other, you know, black people or put his leg on six other black people's neck or his foot on six other black people's neck, you know, I need to be like, yo, can somebody get this nigga, dog? Because he's fucking it up for all of us. I need to say something, you know? Yeah, I agree with that because the, the, I think the common retort would be, well, we as black people should be the same way. We should be able to police ourselves and if there are more good black people than there are ignorant ones, then why do we allow the ignorant ones to run free? And the difference is I don't, I'm not working with, well, I'm not employed with some of these ignorant black people. Mm-hmm. If my coworker is acting an ass, then I can go above his head and be like, yo, 
Joe is out here acting an ass and he's doing X, Y, and Z, that needs to be checked. Right. And then that removes him from the office. That removes him from his desk job. So he's no longer going to get paid to torture people or whatever the fuck that he's doing wrong. Right. That's bringing it down to a more personal level, though. It's bringing it down to a more personal level. Um, You out with your boy, and he's displaying tendencies that are rapist, you know, rapey. So he's being really touchy-feely, really pushing up on people. Um, I know that we handle this a little different, but a lot of people be like, oh, that's just dude. That's just what he do. But if that's really your friend and that's really your boy, as you say, you can be like, yo, this this is not what we do. This is not a good look. This is not how you treat the women that you're trying to get with. No matter what you're trying to get from them, quote-unquote, or if you're trying to be with them, these are things you don't do. We're supposed to hold each other accountable if we consider ourselves part of that same um, brotherhood. Um, so that whole brotherhood protection thing um, has a different um, different set of rules, in my opinion. Um, if you're part of a, a quote-unquote brotherhood, as uh, a lot of officers like to say, then you should be holding them to the same um, standard that you hold yourself. And be like, yo, this ain't what we do. This ain't how we were trained. Um, you know, of course, we're going to protect ourselves in those situations where we need to, but you should be using uh, the most applicable amount of force, not excessive force. Mm. So, you know, a funny, funny thing about these statements too is we often see people giving us the, the you know, when they're talking about police officers and police brutality, their, their, their main go-to will be black-on-black crime. Right. That's one of the worst um, for me because and I was having this kind of like, you know, everything's going on. I was having like a Twitter debate with somebody. Um, People often to the black on like you guys are killing yourselves. So, you know, most and most people, most black guys aren't killed by police. They're killed by other black guys. Here's the thing. Um, One. Black on black crime crime happens. Those people aren't people who are. Uh in public authority or public servants. They, they aren't people who, who have, you know, public power or power over people in the public. They aren't people who have authority, legally and lawful backed authority. You know what I'm saying? And also, exactly. and also if I shoot another black man, my black ass is going to jail. ASAP. Right. Try to you're the not fullest gonna get paid vacation. You're not getting you're a not... vacation. You're not getting to go home to see your family. Right. And that's the main thing. Right. Right. You're going to get to... Man, and that's another thing, bro. I don't get... If a cop kills somebody... I feel like cops do have a license to kill because... They're going to be like, well, it was my job. I was protecting myself, blah, blah, blah. So they get to go home, pay vacation, all this, woo, woo, woo. Yeah. And then if if they get convicted of a crime, they might go to jail. But mm. like you said, McCoy, if me, you, Cody, if any of us decide to run up and pop somebody, it's raps. Right. We're going to jail first. Right. And then we're going to have to have lawyers fight for our asses to get out. Right, exactly. It's the complete opposite it's the for complete, these cops, man. Right. That crazy. It's the complete opposite. And and, and the, you are when you are a cop, 
or a politician or anything of that nature, you are a public servant. Your job is to work for me, not right. to shoot. You know what I'm saying? So people be saying, people saying shit like black on black crime is really what's killing y'all. That has nothing to do with the the fact that there's an issue with people who are in power killing people who are not. That's what it that's right. what it boils down to. Like black on black crime ain't got people shit to are do. Killing people, that's one thing. Yeah. But you're going to be mighty upset if Superman is going around knocking heads yep, off. Yep, exactly. And that's that's well said. Well said. If Batman start running niggas over with the Batmobile, we finna be pissed. You know why? Because right, he's exactly. Batman. He's not he's not Joe Blow from down the street who just happens to be in a, you know, four tours and flipped his shit, you know? So, let me let me tell you this. Um if a surgeon makes a mistake and accidentally kills somebody, accidentally kills somebody. Yeah. He still could um, see some jail time for that malpractice, um, which is why, in response to that, a lot of surgeons don't want to do certain surgeries because they have that high risk of mistake. Um, because it's not necessarily just a negligence thing; it's it's um, it's a mistake. And if they if they make a mistake, and it doesn't you know kill the person, they have to pay damages to the family. Like there are there are things in place to prevent these things from happening. And to cut down the possibility of these things happening, which also um, pushes those who perform those surgeries to not want to do them um, because of that fear of being punished. There is no fear of being punished for any of these these actions. Right. Um, they countered up to the oh well, I'll just you know get administrative leave and then I'll be back. Yeah. Um, and it's it's crazy that a lot of these officers who have done these things have a history of them yep. that the department does not recognize or does not um, uh, place as something that's very paramount to whether or not they should still be out in the field. Yep. Um, I mean, you can pull the police yep. out, put Apparently. somebody else in the field, and they just ignore it and, and lock it up and keep it from public view um, until something else happens, and then they can't cover it up. Apparently, that police officer had complaints against him dating back, like, continual complaints dating back to 2001, they said. Seriously? Yeah. Dude. Dude. And the you know... That end up black people or shooting innocent people, period. It don't even have to be black. <laughs> when right. they... Yep. A lot of these officers already have complaints against them, but then they don't get called to the forefront until one of them gets pulled into the media. Then it's like, oh, wow, he had a history. Those are the cops that I think Russ is talking about where if there's 10 bad cops and 1,000 good cops and Joe Blow is a cop and he's fucking people up, where are the other 990 people right, exactly. stepping in? Like, um, he can't do that. Right. Why is he still working here? And if, if you so-called love your job and you love your badge and you love everything you stand for, how the fuck are you allowing this? So that just means that not only does Joe Blow suck, but his whole department needs to be looked at because they were allowing this stuff. His manager should be looked at. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure at Rockwell, um, if I fuck up, it depends on the fuck up. Right. <laughs> if I fuck up, I'm not going to just get instantly fired. But right. if I fuck up enough and fuck up often enough, I'm going to be looked at and my supervisor is going to get looked at for keeping me on. Exactly. And because that's right. now the company money yep yep and you would think you would think that people you know like cops so 
speaking of losing the company money, so when these settlements and shit happen, um, what I've read over the last few days because of everything that's going on is that that percentage of money and shit that ends up getting paid to victims and victims' families, things of that nature, comes out of the entire organizations like pension and things of that nature. So everybody loses some type of money when Joe, you know, Joe Schmo or whatever decides he wants to kill somebody or do something wrong and that goes against, you know, and, and goes against, you know, what the company stands for and then they have to like do a settlement or some shit. They're all losing money. They're all getting hurt. And not only are you losing money, but now the reputation of your precinct or, or, or of your company is going downhill. That makes your job more dangerous more stressful because people mm -hmm. don't you know what i'm saying like wouldn't you want to trust you right you. right exactly yeah. i remember in gamestop when motherfuckers would give you know people false information they'd be like well i was just on east capitol and they told me this that and the third they told you that because they didn't want to take that game or they told you that because they didn't want to have to deal with returning the system and they wanted to make this you know what i'm saying that shit would make me mad right. because i'm like because i'm like bro we now, when they come back over, they live over here. So now, when they come back over here, I got to deal with explaining them or, or taking this piece of equipment in, and it's gonna fuck up our stores. Counting, I'm gonna have to box this up and send this out because I'm the one who ship out the the you know defective shit. Like, so all right. of that, all of that type of shit. If you're looking at uh, being a cop, it's just a company, you know, just a regular job. All of that shit factors in on a very larger or grander scale, and you would just think that people would want to keep that type of stress and shit out of their workplace. You already have enough to stress about. But, right. so I, I don't, you know, a lot of this shit just really, it's really ass backwards. And then you get to learn, you get to see that motherfuckers really do be corrupt and be fucked in the head, which is why they like dealing and doing this type of shit. Because it's, I don't know, It's a, for me it feels like it's like a sense of, re of release for them to be able to, you know, carry that gun and that badge and just kind of do this goofy ass shit, so. Nah. Well, they like uh, to have the feeling of the power, which right. power corrupts. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And so, then we're left here with a situation where not only do we not trust our law enforcement, um, the people who are supposed to be protecting and serving us, but now we're putting ourselves in a more dangerous situation uh, because the law enforcement now is afraid of what the people will do, which they should be in the first place. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I subscribe to the idea that um, people shouldn't be afraid of their government. The government should be afraid of its people yeah. uh, because we are the ones who are supposed to be contributing to the lawmaking process and to be putting those people in power who will best serve us. Um and that they should be making those decisions to better protect and to better serve um, the people because that's what the government is really supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about its people, uh, bettering the lives of its people, uh, bettering the lives of the countries they oversee, not necessarily just for profit and to fund themselves. Um, as we keep saying, you know, power corrupts or absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Um, and that's, that's where we're, we're at now. Uh, tensions are rising. Well, um, yeah. Everybody is either uh, are are basically are on you on my side or on you, their side. It's us versus, versus them type of thing, and it's really escalating to the point where 
um, things have gotten, not that they're getting to the point, but things have gotten bloody um, and there have been higher higher um, um, injury and maybe even some death counts now um, because people are no longer just sitting back and like, am I going to be the next victim? Because you don't seem to have a value of me as a person. Um, you treat me as if I'm just some disposable thing. Yeah. yeah. That's why I was kind of comparing it to, uh, before we recorded to uh, the Rodney King raids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And what, what bugs me the most about all these, like, police brutality stuff is all written on them on their uniform on their cars it says to protect and serve yep mm-hmm. yep and how so cool. <laughs> that is that is so and it's so crazy because you know as a black man in america i've never felt safe about police i would never call the police to be protected like right. that's the weird thing you know what i'm saying like i would never call the police because i'm like they're gonna get the situation where it needs to be you know what i'm saying like I don't, I was thinking about this when talking with T.S. the other day. It's like, kind of like, who, who does protect me besides myself? Like, I was, uh, riding today and I passed by a house that said, we don't call 911. And I'm pretty sure that means that they don't call 911 because if they get robbed, they're shooting. But in the times they're in, when I saw that, I didn't know. I didn't know if they're saying we don't call nine one one. Like, hey, we're allies. Don't worry. We're not gonna call the boys on you. Yeah, you safe. Or are they saying mm. we don't call nine one one because we're gonna shoot you. It's it's ridiculous. Or, man. Like, either way, I think if their house catches fire, they're in for they're world not trouble. Helping. <laughs> yeah, they're not help at this point. The that's crazy. That you the the, the fact that you can come up with a statement. Um, we're not gonna call the boys on you. You safe? We don't call nine one one. Is equal to you are safe. That, yeah, that yeah. fucked up, dude. I was scared yeah. to go on my ride today because um, of the riots that happened yesterday. And anytime, so we saw uh, George Floyd get murdered, and black people are gonna be kind of up in arms and hesitant to be around cops. Because right now they look like the bad guys. Yeah. Riots happen, and white folks that are in well-to-do neighborhoods, they don't really have any action interactions around black people, so on and so forth. They they might have seen the riots like, oh man, the, the black folks they wilding out. We need to keep our distance and blah blah blah. So I mean, you I saw was the president's tweet that got reported, right? Yes. Yeah. The, yes. Once the looting starts, the shooting starts. So I kind of got scared to ride today because I didn't know if I would be in the wrong neighborhood and some white folks would be like, oh, black man out of his element right now, we should, we need to protect ourselves because he's in the he's in the wrong neighborhood. Yo, I, man, it's ridiculous how this can affect people and their mindset. And luckily, everybody that I passed by, at least, they, not everybody, but people were happy and they'd say good morning or wave and they seemed okay, nobody was tense. It was just all in my mind. That fear was all in my mind. And I thank God for that. But it's crazy that I I feel like I have to be cautious. I used to just wear whatever T-shirt I wanted when I went outside to go for runs or rides and stuff like that. But now I feel like when I leave the house with a T-shirt, it has to say Market High. It has to say MSOE. It has to have Rockwell on it. It has to have 
some Aww. positive image to let people know I am not a threat. I'm just trying to go for a jog. I'm just trying to ride my bike. That's it. That's it. See, and that that's the thing that pisses me off more than anything because so you I can't live your own life, really. Right. I shouldn't that's have to normally do. I shouldn't have to think about the type of shirt I want to put on. You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't have to think about the type of t-shirt I want to put on in order to better guarantee my safety. You know what I'm saying? This is not it's not just my world. It's not just your world, TS or Russell or Cody or whatever. It's ours. We share. We inhabit it inhabit this world together I deserve to be able to have a peace of mind and not have to worry there's 30 things I'm already stressed about from bills on down you know you don't want to have to worry about damn if I put the wear the wrong t-shirt or if I wear a hoodie today because it's raining and it's cold but I want to you know go for my my bike ride what is that what could that do for me in the next you know 30 minutes could I be you know what I'm saying like I shouldn't have to I shouldn't have to worry about the fact that I could be dead because the motherfucker got the wrong idea because it ain't they world. It's not your, you know what I'm saying? Even if you are a cop. Right. Like, even if you are a cop, you work for the people. You're here to protect and serve to make it easier for us to be able to come outside with whatever the fuck t-shirt you want to wear. So that's what really, I mean, you, I, you guys saw or heard from me that I, like, Inadvertently or in, unintentionally, inattention, unintentionally, stopped using social media, and then it was like, it became like I need to lay off because it's so much of the news and negativity go around. I didn't like seeing it. Like I go on Instagram to look at nature and mountains and stuff like that because it's nice and peaceful. And then I, all it is now is all this like police brutality, and it's not good for the mental health and brain. But you, you guys seen the everybody like wearing the shirts that says like I I can't breathe or he can't breathe kind of thing you know yeah 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 I saw a picture the other day of three um, I don't know if they were cops but they were three white guys and they had mustaches that's why I'm assuming they were cops <laughs> um, and they were but they were in New York staying outside of a police building and they had a shirt that said we can breathe I'm like are you kidding me. Wow, that's like what really set me over the edge. I'm like, I gotta get away from this. Yeah, not not not, in, I, not, in, not only that. There's been um, multiple posts on Facebook and on Instagram, um, even on Snapchat, where people are like replicating the um, position and saying, "Well, you know, I'm still breathing." You know how just trying to make man. it seem like as people are race baiting. And the thing of it is, right. a lot of those people were like 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 wrestlers and. And people who work out and, and, and things of that nature um, on a regular basis, and even the position of the knee was not the same um, as you can see in the in the in the, right. uh, in the video and in the in the photo. So it's like you're you're really making light of, of, of a person's situation um, where he did lose his life, um, and they did explain how the complications led up to him losing his life, and that it wasn't just simply the knee on the neck, but if somebody's saying they can't breathe. Um, as you've already subdued him, you've already had him in a position to where he can't do anything and you have him um, in cuffs and everything and he's on the ground, you having your foot on his neck does not add anything to that situation but um, pain. There's there's nothing else that you can add to that situation in doing that. You have two officers right near who he is to make sure he can't do anything, can't run. Um, if they need to use more force, um, they have their tasers uh, with them. They have 
uh, unfortunately, their guns with them. So it's not like he was going anywhere or anybody was trying to interfere with the arrest. He was actually complying. And then, then you put your knee on his neck in spite of that. That's what the issue is. A lot of people are, are trying to um, debunk the, the issue that he couldn't have died in that position. Right. Um, well, matter as he did. You know what I'm it kind of reminds me too when the, the the Black Lives Matter first like originated, and then people came out with all lives matter. It's like they're not saying all like white lives or other lives don't matter. They're saying right. black lives matter. Exactly. Stop. Like, like doing this to black lives. Stop trying to like trivialize. Stop trying to like trivialize like everything that we are telling you is happening. That is the that is for me when it comes to racism. That's the worst thing. Like for this is and this isn't specific. Um, um, when someone is you know white and they're speaking to people of color, the worst thing that you can do as a, as a racist white person is tell us either how to feel. Or that, or that, what we are saying is like we're forcing, or we're making it up, or it's all in our head, or that we're just complaining. Especially if, if as like a white person, I mean, I think I can relate. You, right. <laughs> I can't ever put myself fully in your guys' yeah. shoes. You know, there you go. If I, I'm, I'm okay with the person being white and not taking it, because a lot of times a, a motherfucker will say, "Well, if you're," they'll say, "Well, if you're white." You know, this is what you should be doing for black people. And I'm okay with a person not knowing, you know, what to do or how to do it or being scared or being, you know, like, listen, I just, you know, I'm not racist. I just don't know how to attack this. And I just want to stay, you know, feel my family. I'm okay. We're human. And I'm okay with you wanting to stay in your corner if you're white and you don't know what to do. Because I can't force you to, to be an activist. That's not your job. It's not necessarily innately something that you have to do because you're white and things are happening. No, because there are tons of things in the world happening that I'm not, I'm not an activist for, you know, and I'm not, not going to jump out the window to be an activist for it. But what I can't stand is victim blaming when you're not in the victim's shoes. You can't tell me, oh, you guys, you guys are so sensitive, or oh, you just, if you just do this, you'll be fine. No, if you don't, if you aren't going to participate and be an ally, shut the fuck up. Don't tell me what I feel is insignificant or what I feel is um, not really happening or that, you know, this is how I should handle that. Because until you have been pulled over and told you don't speed in my, don't speed in my uh, damn neighborhood, do that shit in your own neighborhood, which happened to me. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I was in college. I was in college and I was in my parking lot of Cardinal Stretch University where I went to school from the moment um, I left high school. It was the only college I ever went to, only school I ever went to school at. I lived up Brown Deer Road, or up Good Hope and up Brown Deer my entire adult life at that time. So technically, it was kind of my, I was right outside of Brown Deer, and then you go from Brown Deer to basically to Glendale. So it really was my neighborhood. I was in the parking lot and there was construction going on and I didn't stop at a stop sign in the parking lot. I'm talking about this is in the heart of the parking lot. It wasn't like I went from the stop sign straight to the street and it was like, this is a stop. This is like three stop signs removed from ever seeing traffic. We're in the middle of the parking lot and there's construction those, happening. Those stop signs at parking lots, my grandpa always said those were optional stop signs. <laughs> <laughs> and there was construction going on. So I didn't know, you know, 
I feel like I missed it or whatever. But I get to the end of, I get through the parking lot, two or three stop signs past that, to the end of the parking lot that's going to put me on Port Washington. I'm making a right. Mm -hmm. The cop is in the left lane next to me. We look at each other. He's looking at my car. You know, I got my music up. I look at him. We, you know, looking at each other. He doesn't say anything. And so I turn my head because I'm about to make a right. And I looked at him and I looked past him and he didn't say anything to me. So I'm like, all right, fine. Turn my head to the right. Put my blinker on. Make sure it's clear. Make my right. His light goes on. He hops lanes because he's in the left lane next to me. Light goes on. He hops lanes and he gets right behind me. And I stop maybe a couple feet outside of the turn. My window doesn't roll down. So I have to open my car door. I have a two-door car at the time. First of all, I'm nervous because my window doesn't roll down. I'm about to open the car door. And car, cops walk right. in. Right. Damn. So I immediately open the car door. I put my hands out and I say, my, my window does not roll down. He says, that's fine. He walks up, puts his hand on my door, opens the door, stands over. He has one hand on my door, one hand on you know my car. And he's looking dead at me. He was like, you just blew that stop sign. Mind you, whatever stop sign he's talking about, it's in the middle of the parking lot. It's on the other side of the building in the middle of the parking lot. You know, in perspective, too, I always get asked, do you know why I pulled you over? He just no, told you. No, he, he came to my door. He said, he looked dead in my car. He said, you just blew that stop sign. I was like, what stop sign? I don't even remember seeing the stop sign, but I'm thinking, like, well, it was a stop sign. Maybe, like, two, you know, uh, two, two and a half blocks worth of park, parking lot on the other side of the building. If you know anything, If you know anything about stretch, you know it's like, Three different buildings and it's you know it all the stuff wraps around he's like you blew a stop sign he was like you saw that stop sign i was like i didn't i didn't blow any stop sign i didn't see one i was like but i if i did you know my bad i didn't see it my bad he was like he's like you're, you're speeding through the parking lot and you skip that stop sign don't do that shit in, in our uh neighborhood he's like don't come to my neighborhood and run stop signs and be speeding i was in a fucking parking lot and he says you do that shit in your own neighborhood and that and then this is what killed me he goes and next time you see me talking, trying to get your attention, don't ignore me. I looked dead at this man. He didn't make, he didn't make, a, he didn't make a roll your window down. Nothing. He made no, he looked dead at me. I looked at him. And because I looked at him because I wanted to see, does he, is he trying to talk to me? He said nothing. And I turned my head. I looked at this man dead in his face because I was like, maybe he's trying to talk to me. He said nothing. He said, next time, don't ignore me. You know, you know, when I'm trying to get your attention, pay attention to me. Fuck, dude. I've never felt, I'm a grown-ass man. I had just turned 21, and I felt, like, really good about myself. I'm like, man, I'm finally a grown-ass man. I'm black. I'm 21. I made it, you know. Nigga from, you know, poverty in Milwaukee. It's like I'm in school. I felt happy about my life that, at that moment until he said that, and I felt really small. But this is the type of shit I'm talking about. I say that long-winded... I'm sorry about that long-winded story, but I say all that to say this. Motherfuckers make it seem like the shit that we say and how we're treated, we are treated as men less than. Yeah. When it comes to how they interact with us, man. I've never felt so fucking small. And this is coming from a guy who doesn't deal too much with race shit. This is a guy who's like, I'm everybody's friend. And I felt... Because of my race, he made me feel really, really small in that moment. So when people tell us how we should feel, I'm like, until you felt like that, you can't really tell me how to feel. 
I was just in oh. in, in college, in school, you know, just trying to get to mm-hmm. from school to work. And that's what that little trip was. And I got, you know, called out like that. So along those same lines, uh, I hate when people say all you had to do is or they should have just um, because the situation is never that simple. Yeah. Um, especially Even if we in, try to make it that simple, it's never that simple. But yeah. let me tell you this short story since we're t- telling stories today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> story time. I was out. I was out with my friends. Um, this was out. This, I was in college too. Uh, stupid college years. Um, <laughs> uh, I was with a, out with a couple friends, and um, they're drinking, and we were just having fun and, and um, just being ourselves. And so we got back to one of my friends' um, house, and it was in Germantown. And there's this gentleman who was next door, and he was like, "Hey, you guys are being kind of loud, and you know, keep it down." I was like, oh, sorry, you know, and so I got everybody in the house because they were all being drunken idiots, and they went inside, and I guess went to forage for food and all this other stuff, and one of the guys was just really, really drunk, and he could not just get in the house, and so I was trying to help him into the house and, you know, keep everything quiet, and finally got him in the house, came back outside, still with my friend whose house it was, and he was like, man, you know, this is a crazy night, da 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 like, we're, like, basically whispering at this point. And so then the guy next door comes down and, like, gets all in our face and gets to threatening, uh, threatening us and stuff like that. And uh, there's something wrong with him, and, and he's just being all belligerent and stuff like that. And so my friend, my friend is like, uh, yo, let's just, let's just go in the house. Like, you know, let's just da-da-da-da. So we go in the house. <coughs> there's a knock at the door. We see lights outside. So we're like, oh, man, this, this kind of killed himself. but did something crazy. Um, come, um, my friend comes outside. And he's talking with, I guess, the officer, and the guy next door is just going off, and they've been loud, and and my wife is, and so the guy who was really drunk tried to come outside to explain stuff aside, pulled him back in to the house, like, yo, you can't come out here, you know, just sit down somewhere, we'll, you know, we'll handle this or whatever. And so the officer asked me to come explain, because I guess the other people were just too drunk to do so. And <laughs> he pulls me over by his car and he's like, so what happened? And I tell him and I'm going over things that happened. We got there. You know, the guy just came out lunching at us. Da, 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 da. And he's like, okay, sure. He opened the door and it was like, sit there for a minute. And I'm like, what do you mean sit here? I'm I'm not done anything wrong for me to sit here. And so my friends are like, yo, what are you doing? He's not part of the problem. You know what I'm saying? Da, da, da. It's the dude next door. You see him, he's still going. Like, the dude came out with a bat and was like trying to swing at people. And he was like, that's the person right there. Why, why are you putting him in the car? And the police officer was like, are you sure it's not him? And they're like, yeah, let him go. And if you don't have him call you there, and he went through the whole like spiel of like, I'm going to call you your zone manager, da, 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 or your zone commander, and you know, what's your badge number, da, 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 da. So he finally let me go. And he was like, okay, you guys keep it quiet. You know, you had complaints, da, 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 da. He was like, I don't have a complaint on Like, it was a whole big thing. And I'm like, I wasn't even the one. <laughs> I wasn't even the one outside. Like, why are you putting me in the car when you see this cat swinging a bat? And it was my first, like, real experience with how stupid um, the situation is, how, how America really sees you, uh, especially the, the law enforcement, quote-unquote, uh, those who are supposed to protect and serve, uh, because all they do is protect and serve themselves. What is it? What is he? That, that story pieces him out because he's like, are you sure? You're, now, your friends, your friends who were with you, or, or, were they, they were uh, white? Oh, all white. 
Okay, and so it took them telling this motherfucker, no, it's not him. It's that guy who you just saw come outside with a bat with the woo. It took them saying something for, the, for a motherfucker to be like, wait, are you sure? And he had to yeah. confirm with them because they were white that it wasn't you who was causing the ruckus. And you weren't right. even the Not one. To mention, they were mostly still kind of inebriated. So it was like, yo, I'm the only sober one here. What the fuck? So yeah, when people say, you know, all you had to do is, I, I don't, I don't trust in that logic because I've been there many times where it's right. like, all you had to do is, and all I did was, and I was still right. found to be the perpetrator, even when I wasn't even involved. Right. I'm sober. I'm the sober one. <laughs> Uh, you're the sober one, and he's taking he's taking the drunken word of white people over you. Right. The didn't wasn't even convinced that the motherfucker that came outside with weapons, and was also right. still drunk, is in the wrong. Right. And later found out that he was um, he was heavily medicated and he was off his meds, so that's why he was acting so crazy. Uh, it was just a lot at one time, and it's it's crazy that. The person who has the most level head is the one who is suspected. No, the person that was black was suspected, bruh. <laughs> it wasn't even about level head or nothing like that. He was, man, that's fucked up, dude. And people wonder why we have such an apprehension when cops come around. Because we don't know what you're going to be on. We right. don't know what the cops going to be on that day. Yeah. We, we just don't know. Yeah. Because they too, we cannot be in the wrong. But if they having a bad day, it's wraps for us. Exactly, exactly. They too are human too. So, not not to mention that, let's say, you are a okay cop, but you still be on bullshit and you're having a bad day. Now mm -hmm. we really screwed. You know what I'm saying? Because you could come up on bull, you could come up and be on bullshit on two levels. Because now you you be on bullshit, but now you also stress. So now you have the bad in the public authority backed by law to do kind of whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah, it's like uh, that one scene in Crash when old boy had uh, picked up the black dude off the side of the street when he was hitchhiking and mm -hmm. uh, the black dude had saw on the dashboard that he had that one traveling item. Yeah. So he pointed it out and he was went into his jacket to pull out the same traveling item but the cop, well now he's not a cop because he's after hours or whatever. Yeah. He got scared Dude was pulling something out, and before the guy even got to pull the relic out, he got popped. Boom. Damn, I Fell forgot. Out. I forgot about that. Had man. the relic in his hand, and then the cop had to look back like, oh, shit, I fucked up. I was just going off of predetermined judgments that had filled me throughout the day. And the movie was playing out to where this man was supposed to be a good guy. Yeah. He didn't like the things that he was seeing that his... his um, his training officer was doing to black people. He didn't mm -hmm. like seeing that shit, so he was trying to rise above it. Mm -hmm. And and the moment he was trying to rise above it was picking up a black hitchhiker, so he could prove to himself that he was above his was, uh, white partner. Yeah, but then he ended mm -hmm. up killing him. <laughs> so he was nowhere above that guy at all. He was right. at the same fucking. Level. It just shows that some of the shit is in, in is innate and like just so. You know, motherfuckers will claim that they're not racist, you know, but the truth is, is you feel a certain way, but you're fighting this feeling of feeling like, you know, that the black man is dangerous, whatever the fuck, man. I don't know, it's just crazy, you know.
I mean, it's it's not far fetched to fear the very thing you created. <laughs> yeah, <man>. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, um, but what I want to kind of wrap this up and, and leave you with is, um, <sighs> we see the world from our own perspective. We see the world from our own experiences, um, and we can only make those discerning decisions and choose the directions we, we want to go um, based on those things at the moment. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that we'll always feel that way, that we'll always have that same um, direction in mind, but let us not make us suspicious of each other. Um, in these crazy times where it seems like trust um, is being overridden by fear. Um, let us also incorporate love for each other. Um, it is in this time that we need to really stand with each other and stand for each other and really call out those who are enacting those bad behaviors and those bad decisions um, because it reflects on all of us. Even though we're not in the same place, um, it still reflects on all of us. It reflects on how human nature is and how we have the tendency to be to each other. Um, yes, there are forces at work right now that are really trying to put us in a place of uh, separation and division and fear, and we can't allow them to have their way anymore. Um, we really need to come together and figure out how to um, make even just our small communities uh, a better place. Um, the rioting and the looting, I understand it. I, I, I very much do. Um, it, it does sadden me that some of the places they're hitting um, are, you know, are destroying people's lives. It's, you know, yeah. the major corporations I don't really care about, you know, go ahead and, and do what you do. Um, but those, those mom and pop stores, those, those community standards and pillars um, that are being affected by this, that does uh, make me sad. Um, there was a, there's a quote on Facebook where the guy was like, you know, nobody has really done anything for me in my community. Um, so, you know, I don't really care about the community, but it's still your environment, Jude. Um, it's still where you were born, where you were raised, where you were nurtured. And even if you've gone to that corner store and seen those people once and they treated you with the decency of a human being, you have it in you to want to protect them because they pour back into your community. Um, major corporations, yeah, you know, they, they rarely do things for people unless it gives them something in return. But we should not be guided by this level of, of pettiness and um, shortchange our humanity by being less than human. Yeah, for sure. For We're sure. all just fingers on the same hand. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a metaphor, man. <laughs> no, I like that. Um, I, I, um, real, real quick, while we are on that, on the, on the subject of that, um, with the looting and the things of that nature going on, man, I'm not gonna really kick, get too much into this about people who've been saying like you shouldn't loot, you should loot. I'm gonna say this, um, because people like to use MLK, you know, a lot and oh, for the, for the I good, for the good. Go there, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> they like to use him a lot for the to keep shit like um people like to use MLK as a way to be like everybody just come down he wouldn't do that listen here man MLK also said amongst other things 
this motherfucker, he was kind of sick of the shit by the time he had got popped. He was sick of some other shit. He was on some, he was on some, maybe Malcolm is kind of like, he was on some other shit, but we ain't gonna. Anywho, he said that rioting, looting, that's the language of the unheard. Um, basically, this is what you get. Civil unrest is what you get when people are pushed to the edge. Um, and while it scares me because the truth, the, the fact of the matter is in order to get true change, you need to burn the system down. You really, especially a system built on bad, a bad foundation. And America has always been built on the bad foundation. Every empire crumbles. It's not, it's not unheard of for us to have to start over. I didn't really think I wanted to see it in my lifetime, but you know, if it has to happen, it has to happen. But everybody's telling us to stop looting, stop doing that, this, that, and the third. Does it suck that you know some motherfuckers are looting just to be looting? Yeah, yeah it sucks. I, I mean, that's that's part of the civil unrest. Yeah, but exactly. My thing, with, my thing with the whole Martin thing is that, you know, people always try to put him as this this this, this saint to where he was like, you know, he just stood up and then... He was in the trenches with people. He was getting beat up just like the other people. Um, yeah, he was trying to do nonviolent protests, but he was still working for the people. Malcolm himself was also working for the people. Now, they have different philosophies of how they were working. Um, a lot of people criti criticized Malcolm because they're like, yeah, you've done a lot of preaching in there when you was covered by your boys, but when you was by yourself, you know, it was a different story. But, yeah, you know, that yeah. just depends on who you, you researched and how you, how, you, how you find stuff out. Um, I agree with you that there's nothing wrong with the, the looting and the rioting. Um, my only concern was that the people who are affected by it, who don't really contribute to why, you know, we're looting. Yeah. But I think it's admirable that those who have been affected, whose lives have been affected by the looting and the rioting, are all calling for, yeah, man, let there be justice. We don't need peace right now. Let there be justice. And they're like, you know, fine with the, the, the fact. I just don't I just, I mean, as a as a black man who's been in many situations where I've been um, um, prejudiced against, um, seen as a threat, um, been shown as a symbol of fear, um, when I have done nothing but try to contribute to um, people's well-being and, and health, um, let it burn. Yeah, that's man. It, it, I'm scared. On one hand, I'm scared because I'm like, you know, I don't know if I if I got the balls to be a part of the civil unrest. But the truth is, change is only gonna come from civil un. It's gonna it's only gonna come from damn near anarchy. It's only gonna come from when we go fuck and not just us just rioting in the city. I mean, we gotta make the riots widespread. We gotta go into, you know, my girlfriend were talking about it. We gotta go into Brookfield and fucking walk. We gotta go fuck they shit up too. You can't let just where we are, burn, and the motherfuckers that turn a blind eye to the shit all the time, they're not gonna vote or be rally behind change until they shit is fucked up as well, until their civility is um, uprooted, you know what I'm saying? Like, until, the, until they have unrest in they shit, you know what I'm saying? So, th these riots and shit are cool and shit, um, but it's just the beginning. It got... It, it has to get a lot worse in order for it to be real change. It has to get a lot more cutthroat um, in terms of, you know, how it's happening. 
um, I, I want it to be a lot of strategy and I want it to be a lot of passion behind it so that way we're doing it to the right people for the right reasons. But um, this change is necessary. And I think but what worries me is that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Worse being there's going to be more military, more militant police movements on people who aren't really trying to do anything negative like us. You know what I'm saying? Um, That's going to be more chaotic before it's directed properly. Right. Exactly. And, and, I, and I know I said this about a month or two ago, you know, with the Days of Future Past and the Sentinels and shit like that. And, you know, and at the time, you know, it was kind of a joke, but it was always semi-truth to it. And this is what it looks like. This is what you know, a world with death, disease, and 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 and, and crazy um, people pushed to the edge. This is what that world looks like. It looks like more police. It looks like um, more military. It looks like you know, presidents of the 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 free world saying shit like, "When the looting starts, the shooting starts," which is actually a quote from a racist um, politician from the 1960s, I believe. Um, so. It's really, it's really scary to think about the fact that a lot of us have have died and might have to keep dying in order for this shit to get right. Mhm. Agreed. Agreed. Final words, Russ. I said it already. Um. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Like I said, just um. The same standard that we wish to hold people by, we should be holding ourselves to. And, um, you know, even in this time of civil unrest, that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to give up on love or we have to give up on caring for each other. Um, it just means that there is a need right now for change to happen. And um, if this is how we got to get to that change, unfortunately, this is just how we have to get to that change. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to light. Uh, I just want <laughs> But yeah, check yeah, your people. Make sure you keep your peoples in line. Yeah. Well, in your mind. I didn't. I didn't want to do a fucked up story this week because it, as the week progressed, my um, I don't want to say my mental stability has decreased, but as the week progressed my mood on being a happy chipper and like trying to divert attention from seriousness, that energy kind of <clears throat> faded away. So instead of doing a, a fucked up story, I'll at least do a fun fact. And then next week, hopefully I can come back with uh, better energy, regular TS energy, <laughs> and uh, I'll have some kind of fucked up story. Mm-hmm. But... Um, because it's kind of a running joke for this pod, I figure this fun fact will do well. There are cells in the human body called faggot cells, which cause leukemia. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. The only cure are toga cells. <laughs> wow. Faggot cells. So, yeah. Seriously? Yep. There are cells in the human body called faggot cells, which cause yeah. leukemia. So we all got a little uh. faggot inside of us? <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> deep, deep in. I knew Cody would help. I knew Cody would help. <laughs> I don't have leukemia. <laughs> oh, maybe I didn't read all of what Tia said. Yeah. <laughs> he said yeah, he got a faggot in him. <laughs> all right, so episode 67 of Not Politically Correct, it is the home ETS, a.k.a. C-Nova. You know I gotcha. And you can still follow me at uh, C-Nova. KPZ on Twitter. McCoy? It's your boy McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. What to Do, a.k.a. Young Splash God, a.k.a. McCoy Luther King Jr. And you can find me on... Oh. <laughs> hey, last time you were uh, FBI uh, Mike. That's a total huge rollover. <laughs> um, He's been working with CSI. He has different personalities <laughs> disguised. Uh, FBI Mike in the building. Nah, um, you can find me on uh, Twitter at McCoy Rebel. Uh, please, I would like people to know that my Twitter's become a lot more um, over the last few days. I've just retweeted a lot of shit um, and tweeted, retweeted and tweeted a lot of shit dealing with um, the current state of the world. And so, you know, I've been losing followers. But please, if you get on there, you know, don't hate me. I just know that I want to speak some truth. So. Cody. <laughs> the to a.k.a. Togasel. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> CD record on everything. Right. right. Wait, Cody, is your one gene? Stop, man. <laughs> I was gonna say, is your one gene a faggot cell? One is the loneliest faggot that you know. Wow. All right. Russ, the barman. Tell you, Russ. Scores, Q, Regenerator. Russ, the bus. Um. You can find me, Snapchat, E-C-K-Z underscore R-O-I-D-E-T, and on IG at Candy Cupidity, C-A-N-D-I-D underscore C-U-P-I-D-I-T-Y. Not on Twitter, but I might be getting back up there. Who knows? Mm -hmm. hey. um, don't forget, you know, you can find us on uh, Facebook at uh, Not Politically Correct Podcast, and you can like our page at NPC Podcast. You can find us on uh, Twitter at Not PC Podcast. Um, and you can listen to us at Spreaker, Google Play, um, the um, podcast app on your Apple smartphones. Um, any, basically, anything. SoundCloud, anything you can listen to shit on, find us at Not Politically Correct Podcast. Uh, and on that note, gang! <laughs>